Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Wellife Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi and welcome to the Wildlife Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All with me, Kat. And today I'm solo. Um, Liberty and her family aren't very well at the moment, so hopefully she'll be back soon. So I am um, running the show by myself, but it's never really by myself because I always have really, really nice guests. And today's guest is somebody that I've known for a really long time, actually. <laughs> well, a really long time. We've both lived in the same area. Um, and actually, over the years, we've done a bit of work together, a bit of lunch together, a few drinks together and kind of back and forth, back and forth. And actually, our paths have always met. So it's really, really nice. So today I'm going to introduce you to Joe Mitchell. Welcome, Joe. Hi there. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to let you tell everybody what it is that you do. Okay. Well, I've got kind of several hats. Um, I'm a graphic designer, artist, mentor, um, business owner. So yeah, my journey's taken me in lots of different directions. Um, trained as a graphic designer many years ago. Um, Worked in publishing, so started off in publishing, was probably in publishing for about four years, then moved over into, um, worked for English National Ballet actually, was recruited in as their senior designer. And I was there, and that was a fab job because they wanted me to set up their in-house department, like design department. So I loved that. However, they then brought in a new uh, creative director and I was made redundant. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a bit like, oof. Um, it was also a really tricky time. I was having a lot of personal kind of heartache going on. So it was quite a dark period for me. Um, but because of that, when I was made redundant, I was then sort of home going, oh, my God, what do I do now? Um, but I'd been doing a lots and lots of networking and things like that. So I had lots of people then getting in touch and saying, oh, can you pitch for work? So I started doing that um, and won lots of work and then thought, oh my God, I've now got so much work. I can't do it all myself because I was then working sort of, I was single and working 24 seven. So I set up a little design agency and recruited in juniors and copywriters and built a little team of people. Um, and I did that for probably about four to five years and also got drawn into big kind of sort of blue chip clients um in-house as well so i was juggling lots of stuff mm. then i have my son who is now 12 um and i made the decision at the point of sort of falling pregnant okay i'm not going to work full time because as you know trying to do a job in london and look after a baby is just and i wanted to be more hands-on so i wanted to be more of a sort of hands-on mom so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So stopped work at sort of 38 weeks. Um, and actually, when I had Oliver, I found it really difficult. I didn't, as, you know, as much as obviously I adore Oliver, but the actual transitioning out of having a full-on career to suddenly not working was quite a shock for me. Yeah. So I carried on working. In fact, I think when Ollie was at nursery, that's how you and I met. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we had that similar work ethic. We were both like, oh my God, we need to do something as much as we love our kids. I remember that conversation actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then even though I, I was obviously full-time mom, I was still freelancing, painting, creating art prints, um, and started taking Oliver to art classes locally here in Surrey and thought, Oh, there isn't really anything. Um, and it was a seed of an idea that kind of grew. Oliver was at nursery. I was thinking maybe there's a gap here to do something. I'm shocked there aren't any creative classes. Um, and then TA'd for a year at Ollie's nursery, kind of gaining preschool experience. Um, and then a friend who set up a soft play um, cafe was asking for my prints i'd done a set of nursery prints and she said oh can you let me have those to the wall of the cafe and i literally took them into her and it was that morning when she said 
oh, do you know any clubs? I need to get clubs in here for next week, any kids clubs. And it was at that point I just thought, maybe this is it. Maybe I say, yes, I'll do it. It's me. Yeah. Never having done anything and not really at that point having an idea how I was going to do it. No business plan, nothing that you're supposed to have. Um, and that was it. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And the, the following week went in and launched launched an art, these preschool art classes um, and Dib Dab Art Club was born. Yeah, so, right. So I'll stop you there because actually I was friends with you we'd become friends at the time before you even kickstarted that. And I, uh-huh. and I remember actually just like, um, you know, you were like, you were saying you're doing bits and pieces for other people. Um, and you know, and I remember when you first started it and it wasn't easy, was it? It was, Gosh, no. um, no. for people listening, they might actually at the moment be thinking, you know, I want to start one of these clubs or I want to do something mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, but how easy is it? And it's actually more difficult at the moment because people are having to do it online, aren't they? So it's a very different thing. Absolutely. It is different. Yeah. And when you're in person, it's probably easier to have that kind of conversation, but you've got to find these opportunities now mm-hmm. online for people to come on Zoom for parents to try and encourage children to come on and that, you know, so for somebody new who's starting, they're actually going to be starting from a different place, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, obviously, we're quite established. And when we went into lockdown, because all that, I wasn't online, you know, the business wasn't online at all. We were in schools every day. We were really physical in the classes. Um, and I guess I hadn't actually done that much online. So there was a part of me going, oh my God, what, how, what does the business look like? Um, and I, I ran a few test classes on Zoom thinking, will it translate? For me, I found it quite challenging, the first couple, because obviously as a creative, it's very hands-on. So there's a screen between me and the student and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't like it, it's a bit sterile. Mm. Um, what I would say to anyone who's doing, you know, across any subject matter, bring your passion, bring you, because it can translate. It's different, but it's like the difference between creating something on a canvas or creating something on an iPad. You kind of just have to think of it as a different medium. Yeah. Um, and I think once I had that mental mind shift, it really helped the classes took off um yeah. and the energy is the same albeit you know slightly different but um well yeah. actually my daughter has experienced one of your um a couple of your classes um yes. which she yeah. absolutely loved and i think actually if children have got the art bug they can they could totally can manage it and sometimes in their own space it's actually much nicer for them yes um, i've had parents say that actually that they find that some of the, some children can be quite quiet and reserved so for them they find there's safety there they can yeah. either turn their camera off if they want some quiet time or they don't have to speak they don't necessarily feel that the teacher's always there looking at them um and i have noticed that like there's some children who will have been in my classes who are much quieter and now online they're really finding their voice and their confidence is growing. Yeah. So it's giving everybody a chance, isn't it? Yeah. Going back to when you first started Dibda, because I remember you actually were working crazy hard um, and you you have a partner in it or? Yes, I do. A friend of mine, Beth. um, And Beth and I have, our son's the same age. So her and I had met at a local toddler group or something like that. Um, and we had run some things like toddler praise and we'd done some mum fairs. So we kind of knew each other well enough in a kind of a working, working environment. Um, and I think for me, I had always said after setting up Oblong and it was just me, that if I ever set up another business, I'd like to share the journey with someone because it can be quite lonely in business on your own when you're building. So that had always been at the back of my mind. Um, Beth has a totally different skill set to me. She did economics at Edinburgh. Um, She loves spreadsheets. So she kind of loves all things. I'm a bit like, oh my God, don't give me a spreadsheet. So in that way, (laughs) we are perfect. We just, um, and I remember going to see her on the morning 
I was like, I'm going to do it. And I pitched this idea to her. And I said, you know, I'm going to do it. I would love you to come on this journey with me. And she was just like, she was in her kitchen. She's like, oh my God, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, you've kind of got 24 hours. I'm going to do it. And I'd love, love you to join me. And she always says now, if she knew what she was getting herself involved with, she probably would never have said yes. <laughs> but she just thought, oh, it's going to be like toddler praise. We'll just do one class. And, and it's just morphed. I mean, obviously she loves it, but... Um, yeah, she's... And she's so, how, so tell us how you both started then. So you both um, had young children, so that's a slightly easier route to get into places because mm-hmm. that's who your target market was. Um, and how did... So you started off at your children's schools? How did it start? We started at this play cafe. So we did a teaser class um, for a, a week, just charging, I don't know, a pound, just to see if there was any take-up. And then the feedback from the parents were very much like, we love it. Oh my gosh, are you doing, are you going to do more classes? Um, I already had in my head, I guess, a very set way how I wanted the classes to run. So although it wasn't a business plan, I had a concept, I guess. We knew, and having worked in the nursery, I knew I wanted it to be underpinned with early years stuff. I wanted... Um, them also to be an experience for the parents because one of the things I struggled with I think when I did baby classes with Oliver was having going going to classes in church halls with cold coffee in styrofoam mugs it was all that kind of oh my god you know I've been working for a long time had a career was always in London out for lunch doing stuff and then suddenly I'm here in this environment um, and I think for my mental well-being, it wasn't great. And I know since setting up Dibdab and having speaking to other moms and dads, they're like, yes, you don't feel downgraded, but you do feel like not only am I juggling this whole new world when I have a baby, I'm also, my whole life's changed. And I'm like, where's my old life gone? So I wanted to do something where the classes would be in really nice places. So right from the word go, I said no church halls. Um, and we pitched into Pizza Express. So I was thinking, where is there that we could go that has nice coffee, that is open? And I'd always walk past Pizza Express and thought, why are they always in there so early? But there's no customers in there. So I knew there was this space. They actually obviously don't open till midday. So we now run our classes before midday and... The, the takeaway for Pizza, Pizza Express is the children have their lunch there. Yes. So that was the, the kind of model for our classes. Definitely the preschool classes are the parents can bring their child, they can do their art class 45 minutes, and then they get their, the children's lunch included. Um, so also if you've got a child that then needs to sleep, you've done the morning activity, you can skip your them. baby up. Yeah, <laughs> put them to sleep and yeah. breathe or do the washing, whatever it is you have to catch up on before they wake up again. So, yeah, that was, that was where we started from. And from there, we started, you know, net, I was networking. And to, for the schools, we were lucky enough to get invited into schools. Yeah. So with that, again, it was on the business plan, but it was further away. I think so you um, started with preschool, preschool children, mm-hmm. but then you basically expand across up to teens now, don't you? Yes. So we are, yeah, we go the whole way. I mean, I'll, I teach GCSE, A-level. Um, and how do you cater to all the different ages? What are um, the needs? How are you helping, you know, helping them kind of at different levels? I guess because the, when they're little, they're, what they need is is very different. Their attention spans different, the way they um, work on a creative level. I mean, obviously a baby is, <laughs> is very different to even a toddler. Um, so there's been a lot of observation. So we watch, obviously our classes, I'm always there. So we've watched um, how the children interact and, I'm, and we've worked out the point of concentration. Um, so there's, you know, everything is kind of tailored to that age range. So it's all bite-sized times. Um, and then into schools, again, there's not, you can't, it's first-hand experience. I guess you can't really 
beat that. So when you're in there, it's a case of watching the students and quite quickly you you can gauge their attention span, what they're capable of, the child that perhaps needs additional help, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously my background being art and design, I, yeah. you know, I've done the GCSE, done the A-level, done the degree. Yeah. Um, so I can't, and I remember it, I, even though I'm old. <laughs> I how did your, your, your passion for art, when did you really know? What age do you think you were when you, you know, what, what was it that you actually, what kind of art did you start doing when you were a kid to kind of open if, up this passion? Yeah, if you ask my parents, my mother would say from the time I could hold a pen, like, and I remember that. I mean, I've always loved, loved to draw and paint. I was obsessed with Disney characters, which is ironic because that was my last sort of in-house corporate job. Oh. I worked for Disney store. Um, but I would always draw massive, uh, I don't know, Donald Ducks and Mickey Mouse. And I was really, yeah, I just drew and painted the whole time, the whole time. Um, Did you do other bits and pieces as well, like any... Um, you know like any other besides drawing did you do anything else I wasn't amazing at sculpture so for me that's come later I was very much two-dimensional I did textile so I would always get the same machine out my mom was although my parents are scientists there is a creative side to them um, so I would do lots of things with my mum like she would create things for school fairs and I remember painting on glass and producing these amazing stalls and making bags like I was always making and creating and doing stuff um, my secondary school was really academic I went to a really academic school um, and, and I think because I was really creative I felt, and this is really interesting, and I talk about this even now, about the difference between being academic, being creative, always having a label on you, um, and how for such a long time, and this is something I really want to change, art was always seen as a subsidiary subject. You know, you can't be clever unless you're doing the core subjects. Um, and I think that's so short-sighted, especially now especially now. I mean look where you are I mean you've continued with your passion from such a young age mm -hmm. you've cultivated it through in fact you've never veered off the path of it really have you? No so true no I haven't. And you've just continued to go and mm -hmm. up until now I mean your son's become coming of age a bit now isn't mm -hmm. he so yeah. you've got more free time um, to do it but I think for me the reason why your business works so well is because you do have great passion for it and that comes across and I think um you know having sat in on a couple of the classes um I think I even did an arty birthday with you once for yeah. my birthday um but you know doing that I think because you love art so much it kind of mm -hmm. you know it you know I feel like if you love something and you share it with people then they it becomes infectious infectious and they kind of pick up on it and I think it just shows that you can make a career out of art and actually why I say this now is just because, you know, with the government trying to get people who are in different forms of art, mm -hmm. you know, trying to say, look, if this, if dance isn't working for you, this is where you can go mm -hmm. and be a cyber tech. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Because in some ways you need to pivot it on its head and trying to find another way that they can entertain people. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do it? You know, figure, figure it out. Don't, don't quash it because that again will put us back another hundred years. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And I just feel like I have got one child who is very arty and one child who isn't. And I can see, like, for me, I mean, I can't read the future, but I can certainly tell that she's all over. She's at, like what you did as a kid. She, she's drawing, doodling. I mean, we've got crochet coming out of our ears. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I did. I crochet. I was, I was knitting this morning because she was crochet. I was like, what I'm am I doing? We both sat there and I was just like... I can't, like, this is age. I can't see. I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, I'm six lines into this. But actually, not only that, but I think there's something, especially at the moment with, you know, with what's going on with mental health kind of issues. Oh, it's a really nice thing for focus, isn't it? I think. Absolutely. And for the mind, it just mm -hmm. will help people um, manage. Yeah. For that space, you know. It's like a form of meditation. Yes, absolutely. And it has been scientifically proven that people who 
um, partake of a creative subject do feel better, you know, f mentally um, and even physically because the whole, it, it calms your heart rate. Um, so it is, I guess in some ways, yeah, quite meditative. And if you have that whole doing it as a daily practice, so you, you know, you're either journaling or you're just doodling and it's not necessarily about that end result. I think lots of people get caught up in, oh, it's got to look amazing. It's got right. to. You don't even have to be the world's best painter. You don't have to do anything. I sit in the summer and I doodle with my daughter in the garden. I'm not the world's best painter, but there's something about it which is just yes. quite, I don't know what it is. It's the, you know, the strokes, the movement. Yes. It's the focus, actually, that for that point, you just don't need to think about anything other than that art. Yes. And I think the magic is, is whatever comes on it. Mm. You definitely know. I love you that. know what's coming, do you? Basically? No. <laughs> and I, I do mean, think that's, I think, really important now more than ever that maybe you know, if people are going into a bit more lockdown, maybe, maybe one of the answers for our children for their mental health is to get more crafty, yeah. is to get more arty. I think so. I mean, I would love that. I mean, I'm always, as you know, you do know me well enough. I'm always campaigning for that. But I think um, definitely it's a, it does reduce anxiety. Um, and it makes you feel good as well. And especially for a child, that's something else that I think I feel really passionately about within the education system, there's always, you know, drama, sport, music. There's always a moment for that child to step up and have that moment in the spotlight. You don't really get that in a creative subject. Um, so we put on exhibitions for the children so their parents can come, so their teachers can come. And, the, and it was such a success. But it's just lovely to see the children so proud, like, oh my God, this is what it would be like to have an exhibition. And their self-esteem and their self-confidence just rockets. Um, and then we hear from teachers, oh wow, their, their maths is also improving. Yeah. Their core but, subjects. Yeah, it's like music, isn't it? Apparently, <laughs> if you're really good at drumming, then you'll, that helps you to be better at maths. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's just that, it probably is that self-belief and that self-confidence that you're just thinking, okay, I'm, I am actually quite good at that, so I'll have a go or I'll try harder. Or, But if you're continually being told, mm, you're not that great, you need to be better at that, it can eat away at your self-esteem. Yeah, um, and, and there's and we so many things that can come from it because I think also art teaches you patience. Yes, yes. You know, it, there's so many different things. And I think that's why I think in some ways the education system does have to change in most schools mm -hmm. to make it an important part. And I, I honestly think they should sort of come back in now and make art as important as English and maths in terms of mental health. Yeah, definitely. And also it feeds into so many like problem solving and using your intuition and thinking ahead. I think there's so many things that are also added into art and design that is probably missed by yeah. like the traditional core subjects. But then the education system knows that moving forward in the next probably, I don't know, six years, ten, definitely 10 years, there's going to be jobs out there that they can't predict. Then yeah. they're not all going to be like our generation. So you think, they've got to teach them different skill sets. Yeah, they've got definitely. to teach them about being intuitive, about, about creativity, about innovation, all those things. Um, and yes, I think as well, because there's things like now that we wouldn't have heard of as, you know, children or whatever, but there's things that you could bring into it now, like, you know, color therapy and, you know, all of these things. Cause actually that's, that's a thing. Like even when people do wellness healing, it's yeah. actually a lot of it is to do with color. Yes. You know, so I think it's art could be so huge and so helpful, but it, mm. it's something I think for our children, um, they should even, you know, put it forward. And also, and I hate when they put people in boxes, you know, it's like, well, he's not good at art, you know, like, and we all get guilty of doing that. But actually, it's not, I don't think it, it's not even that, is it? Nobody's, some people are really good at it, it's really natural, but actually, everybody, it's a subject everybody can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone can, for instance, we just did this workshop. I did it for 30 plus boys 
um, age sort of, I don't know, 10 up to 13. Some of them were naturals. Yes, they sat down and they got it. But the ones that were there trying hard, when they actually, when they started to see, oh, actually, this is, this is going the way I want it to go, their confidence was, I could see, was just leveling up. There was a couple who just said, oh, this isn't working. I can't do this. It's just not good. I just, and I said, you, the thing is, look at the whole picture, just work through it, which is off, often actually what I say to students, that whole feeling like you're wading through mud, but you keep going. And then eventually, once all your elements are together, it starts to look amazing. And that feeling of, oh my God. And you know, you can obviously translate that into life, can't you? Like yeah. <laughs> you keep going. But the nice thing about that, those boys will see an end result. Mm. And it quickly gives them that, I feel quite proud of myself now. Yes. You know, I managed to do this. And that, for any child, is a nice feeling. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think the beauty of it, not any one piece of art is going to look the same, you know. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I think with children, um, I think I told you recently, I just moved my daughter to another school. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do, art is a really important subject there and they kind of take it to that level. And so for me, seeing the difference has, it's, it's, it's big because okay. yeah, her, my daughter alone, her confidence has just like gone up really high. Um, getting a bit too sassy if I'm going to say, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, where did you get that from? You know, and she's just like, we did this and you know, like, and it's all just, really but it's done in a really good way that they they want to just go back and do it again you know like everybody wants to go back and do it again and nobody seems to be sort of judging each other's work instead they're just like well somebody did it like that and I did a I did a round one she did a slim you know like it's all yeah brilliant their own version of something but I think I, I mean I love the arts I mean I'm not I'm not a great I'm kind of middle of the road I can kind of get things done mm -hmm. and I like doing them and I, I do really appreciate it but I do also working in wellness now, I do think there is a huge importance on it for everybody. Yeah. Um, if they could actually truly see it for what it is. Yes, definitely. Well, I'm going to try and run some, I've got, um, I've kind of got the workshops worked out, but I want to do like wellness workshops for adults about, I don't know, doodling and, you know, doodle yourself calm or that kind of thing, just so they can be mindful yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that is, it's just another way because not everybody wants to sit in the corner of a room, close their eyes and meditate because people, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it doesn't work. Again, it's just a, not at one size doesn't fit all, you know. Yeah. Um, but there are other ways to calm your mind and slow it down. And this is one of them, isn't it? Yes. I mean, I've got a friend who um, isn't drinking, has said, right, I'm not drinking alcohol. It just doesn't agree with me. Um, and she stopped, but almost as, a, as her therapy now, she said instead of reaching for her glass of wine, she will get her journal out and she'll either journal or she'll draw. Um, and she said it's for her well-being. It's totally kind of superseded the wine. She's like, I used to love a glass of wine in the evenings. Now I don't need it. I'll just draw. Um, and that's really powerful. I mean, yeah well that's interesting because people say you know like it's when people like uh say they overeat or something huh? it's actually never about the food it's about the it's about the feeling you get from the habit that you're doing absolutely so she's, she's putting that habit into something huh? a bit more worthwhile for her huh? where she can see the benefits i mean i'm guilty of that i either comfort eat or i will eat too much but sometimes i will do that i'll just think we'll just do some just do something creative and then you won't head for that fridge <laughs> so yeah no we all do that i think in lockdown in particular um i was just like i know i put on a couple of bags <laughs> i know my jumpers I'm get bigger like, oh but it's that thing like when you're working you're yeah. managing the family and you know i um i did a course that uh, related to it and in the course it was like you've got reward woman syndrome <laughs> and i was like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Like at the end of the day, you will reward yourself with a piece of chocolate or something else. Like that's that. me. Yeah, that's it. And it's true, isn't it? You're kind of like, yeah. really big day. I'm just going to mm. sit down now, you know. I think the wine or chocolate is my reward. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what people do. But it's like what your friend's done. It's like mm. finding a different reward, isn't it? Yeah, an alternative. Gonna, you're going to regret later or... 
Yeah, have an impact on you in a way you don't want it to have an impact. Mm. You. you know, like um, you don't eat a journal, so it's a much better way. To come. Yeah, absolutely. I'd still get in my size twelve jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so coming back to you and your career, you, you know, with Dib Dab, you know, you've turned this into a really successful business. Um, you know, you've um, become quite big with it. But actually, the next phase of you, you didn't let lockdown stop you. You, um, you know, you've always had, it's funny, you're, you're creative, but you've got a very good business side. So from that point, you, in lockdown, you started something else new. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> Yeah, that's the mentoring side. Um, I had been mentoring or have been mentoring for four years at my old university. So University of Arts London, um, about four years ago, I think they were looking for industry mentors. And I remember thinking at the time, could I do this? Have I got enough experience? Sometimes, not so much now, but I have been, I've done the whole imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, am I good enough to even do this? So I sent off the application form thinking, I'll see if I've got enough. And they were straight back like, yes, absolutely. We would join the training program. We would love to have you. So I did that. I was lucky enough to be blessed with amazing mentees. So they were all MA, great, graduates so they were just leaving their MA in media and graphics and it was basically a six-month mentoring scheme where I was helping them transition out of university into industry so I remember that clearly how you've done your degree and you think you're quite invincible and you're amazing and you should be going in at a senior position and then you end up going in as a junior and you just feel a little bit crushed and I think that happens to everybody, Where, whatever university, whatever um, grade you leave with, you still go in at the bottom and you work your way up in the industry. So there were some, there were some tough lessons, but they were all amazing and they all embraced it. Feedback was great. So on the back of that, I had friends and other people say, oh, can, can I can you offer me some mentoring? And, and I was, and, and it was all fine. And I think there was a little, again, thinking, oh, I wonder if I could maybe not turn it into a business, but offer my help, really. I think I got to that point where I just thought, I have got tons of experience um, in the creative industry, setting up businesses um, to help other people. Because there's so many people out there, especially when we went into lockdown, stressed, worried about the future, worried about their jobs. So at that point, I just thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to offer my services. Um, and having done that, then I had lots of people saying, oh, my God, yes, why don't you start, you know, can we go on a mentoring scheme? So I thought, just thought at that point, okay, maybe I need to put it on a more official footing. For me, but also for them, for, because they need that. As a mentee, you need that. Um, and I want to be able to, like everything else, give them 100% commit. So if they make the commitment, obviously I meet them halfway. Um, and we, yeah, we embark on that six months, which is usually a minimum you need um, as a mentee and a mentor. Um, so yes, yeah, so I set it up uh, this year and it's in its infancy. I've just got a membership site. I've got a few people joined up and I'm juggling that with, we're launching a subscription box as well right yeah, now. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Which is fantastic, actually, and, we're really, and it's going really well. So, so what, one, tell me about the subscription boxes quickly. Uh, yes, the subscription boxes are, at the moment, age, the, the subscription box that's going up is from age three to eight. We've done other ones. I did them in lockdown because lots of our parents were like, oh, my God, we can't come to your classes. It's so sad. And we had always had that on the business plan. Okay, at some point we'll go and do art kits and art boxes. So I was like, right, now it's time to do it. Let's just do it. So we did. And we were just selling out um, because obviously parents are at home with their kids. And we have some really wonderful, loyal members, like parents who understand the importance of that creativity in their kids' yeah. life. So they want it. Um, so, yeah, they were like, please do it. Please do it. So we did it. And again, it was successful. So the subscription box launches this month. Well, we've launched, but the first set goes out next week, actually. And that's for age three to eight. 
So the first one's space, and then we're going to do a Christmas box. So once that's up and running... Is it like is, a surprise every month? Yes. We, we will, if you want, send a newsletter with what's the content of that box. Um, there will always be three crafts and art projects. There will be some hand-picked um, like art supplies that we choose that will be really not necessarily always paints or... Um, I don't know, art material, but things that inspire creativity. So this month we've got like little wooden stones and you build them and on like into sculptures and things like that. So to spatial awareness and cognitive development, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's all in the boxes. Um, and once they're up and running, then I will do another push for the mentoring um, membership as well. So you, I love the fact you just keep coming up and doing things. And I also, what I like um, that I'm hearing in this conversation is that, you know, you had, you, you were very good on doing a business plan. So you had these things already on your mind. You knew a while ago that these things are things you wanted to do. Um, and then maybe you've brought some things forward, pushed a couple of things back, but you, you are delivering on what you've said you wanted to do. And I think that's really important if anybody's kind of listening at the moment, that if you have a business plan and you've still got things on there that perhaps you haven't done, mm -hmm. they're all still possible, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and it, as like you say, it doesn't necessarily have to be fixed as long as it's there. Like one of the things we want to do is franchise definitely franchise the business and I remember talking to you about um, it before yeah and at some and I in my mind I think the franchise would have come before the subscription box but because you know no one could predict COVID we're stuck in lockdown and the subscription box then superseded the franchise we are working on the franchise area and the documents and in fact we had someone come to us yesterday and say oh my gosh as soon as you do it I would love to be your first franchisee so that's another for me a real kick yeah well the thing is there are people now who you know people are losing their jobs actually yeah. um people are struggling at the moment and a lot of people who won't let that bring them down will pivot and try and find a new career so having yeah. opportunities like franchise if somebody's got some you know savings or something this is yeah. this is an opportunity for them isn't it to yes um really be out there now and try something else um and i think the mo i guess yeah and i was going to say our model line as well helps yeah. show them that it is possible to start whenever really yeah absolutely they can and they can run it alongside a family they can run it alongside uh, you know another career it's quite flexible i guess i mean obviously that's the perks of being your own boss which i love <laughs> yeah um, I love the fact that, um, Joe, you are quite inspirational in the fact that you have kept going, you know, and I know you've had tough times during. Yeah, absolutely. You got completely stressed out, you know, um, where you were probably just like, geez, you know, what <laughs> the hell am I doing all of this for? But speaking to, you, speaking to you today, I can really tell that, you know, it's all been worth it, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yes. I do, and I would do it all again. I all, for me, I always say you work. Beth wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on Beth <laughs> work's my saviour so even when I'm having those dark days like I know some people turn to sport and you know I will walk I find walk, like walking the dogs or all that kind of stuff I love it my one my real saviour is my art so yeah. for me it kind of goes hand in hand I'm, I'm lucky I feel that I'm able to make a business out of it um, I'm passionate about getting art into you know accessible for all children so I've got that as a drive for me as well um, but yes even when things are dark and stressful <laughs> um, yeah I'll still turn to art and then I'm like oh my god I've got my art brilliant let's you know keep going so I think if you've got that passion in whatever subject though you're you're pretty lucky yeah because it just continues to keep firing you up doesn't it it just and yeah. then and you're 
<laughs> what makes me laugh when I talk about you? I'm always like, I feel like in some ways, I mean, it's a different subject, but in some ways I look at you and go, oh my God, we're quite similar because you kind of like, I've got another idea. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, we're very- I've always said we are really similar in the way we work. I've always thought that when we, when we work together on your charity, I always thought, oh my God, we are so similar. Yeah. Our, even though we're, yeah, we're from different like, um, but, but it's drive, isn't it? It's about drive. And I, like you, can get really passionate about things. And I mean, and I think I, I personally, I mean, I love the business side of things, but probably now more than anything, I love the wellness side. I love meeting. Mm. I think part of Wildlife Tribe for me is meeting people like you. There are, it's a community that have brought people together that are similar, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. But, you know, we call it a purpose-driven community. Mm. Um, but it is that. And that's why I kind of love it. And I just think, you know, like, I've known you for years. So I know already. I don't, I don't have to have a mentor session with you because I already know it will be brilliant. You know, so. Yeah. But I know from everything you do, I've watched your journey. I know how hard you've worked. Mm. I know exactly what you put into something, which is your all. Mm. Um, so I know that if anybody's going to learn, who if anybody's, you know got some sort of creative flair or this is the path that they wish to you know go down and do something um you know you're very inspirational on that to somebody because you know a lot of the time children are just like oh it's just, oh that's not a real job you know this that and the other you know people have grown up with those kind of messages and it's simply not true and it's just like if you are passionate about something you can make it out of anything absolutely um, and nobody ever should dull down an artist no absolutely artists are always remembered that is what we learn about at school so it's just like what are you talking about (laughs) that's so true the tragic thing is you're remembering them because they're dead i think with the we need to change that slightly (laughs) have them them remembered while they're alive as well but that would be amazing but they're still dominating you go to paris they dominate the whole of paris you know like You go to these places and it's, it's not, it's not the, it's not, it's not the chocolate bar company down the road. Um, it's the artist. It's what's in the picture because there are forever messages in art, aren't there? That's what yeah, I Yeah, absolutely. And there is, there is magic. I know that um, uh, my mentor said, um, which is an interesting concept, but that artists are the closest thing to a witch because you create magic out of nothing. And I'm like, that's wow, so true. that's a, yeah, that's an interesting concept. But yeah, it's like that there's something that you create. And I mean, that can be anything that can be film, that can be photography, can be pure art, sculpture, you know, it does. And obviously music. So all those things, it's, you know, it does cross so many levels, architecture, product design. I think that's the other thing about being, you know, it's not just one route to art if you're not great at painting there's so much you can do from that as well if you're just a you know if you've got a creative soul I you I mean you've got a creative soul I know you're into wellness but I do think you've got a creative soul <laughs> oh I'm, I mean you know I love art I love it a lot actually and I I don't really do it enough but you know I was actually every time I see you I was like oh I <laughs> and I almost get a bit jealous when Marnie goes online with you because I'm like I'd like to do that. I would like, I honestly would love it if you set up a class. Well, I'm glad Because I, I'm like, I, I, it's something I want to explore more of mm. because actually I limited myself when I was younger and I was like, well, I'm okay. But mm. not, you know, and then it was like, there was always somebody better and next to me. You know? And again, it was a different kind of praise. And I was like, oh, well, she's obviously really good. <laughs> Um, I'm medium, so I won't pursue it into anything further. And I think a similar thing is done in sport, isn't it? Like, well, he's really good. I'm medium. And again, it's all that. But actually, just let, what what is it you want to accept about art? You don't need to accept anything about art because all art, if you let someone just be, give them the tools, let them just see what happens. That's what I think I love about it. And also, everyone gets better the more you do it. I mean, that's the same with anything, but you've got to practice. You've got to practice your art, but there is so much truth in that. I mean, I always say that to the kids. The ones that turn up every week, the ones that practice, they, it's amazing. Their progression is just like, wow. You can see that you are really working at it. 
So. What about your son? Is he into art? I would say Oliver is creative, but I wouldn't say he, he certainly doesn't love art. Oliver is much more sporty and scientific. However... So is that like your parents then? Yeah, my mum and dad are scientists, so they're quite excited. It skipped a whole generation. Like my brother's a lawyer, my other brother's into business, and then there's me. So they're like, oh my God, it's come out in one of the grandchildren. Um, but Oliver does love things. He does love being outside. He's really good at gardening. He seems to have an ability to understand, and he's great with animals. So although he's not sort of atypical creative, um, it comes out in other ways. Yeah, definitely. He loves the environment. He loves, you know, nature, animals. He's a bit of an eco-warrior. and So he's not just a pure scientist in that, in that respect, I think. It's so funny, isn't it, actually? Because our sons now go to the same school, but your son's in the year above. Yeah. Um, and I think they end up playing sport together now. And my, my son basically goes, oh, my God. Do, have you seen Ollie Mitchell lately? And I'm like, no. Why would I have seen him? He's like, he is massive, and we have to play sport against him. <laughs> he is massive. He's like, we lost today, and you know why that is, don't you? Because we <laughs> Mitchell. I was like, what? <laughs> he makes me feel so small. I mean, he's only twelve, and he's five foot eight. Gosh, gosh, he's so my da- my my dad is six foot three. Obviously, my husband's six foot one. So I think Oliver has those jeans, those tall jeans. Yeah, um, but, it's get- just, but it's but it's just it feels like it's happened overnight with him, though. It's Definitely. Um, but he must watch his mum and think it's pretty fantastic what you produce because you've done it all while raising him. So he has been really part of your process, hasn't he? So I guess what I'm trying to say here, it's not even impossible to do these things when you have children. It's not something you have to wait for. In fact, they can influence you. And it, and that is why you take what you do to other children, isn't that? Absolutely. And I, yeah, totally. And I think for Oliver, um, being around me working, although some days he may be slightly frustrated with it, it also gives him a real understanding of a great work ethic. Um, you know, I think our children are pretty privileged and lucky. Um, and I think it's really important that they understand that, you know, you work hard and you're rewarded financially, but also on a personal level, you know, that sense of personal satisfaction and achievement. I can't imagine what it would be like not to have that, you know, especially, and especially as you get older, I think, um, as you, when you're younger, yes, you have your, obviously GCSE, A-levels, degree if you want one, first job, and then you, there's a, there is a, you know, a chance you can plateau, um, and I think to keep your world, to keep you youthful, to keep you, your mind cognitively alert, you, if you push, keep pushing yourself, your world stays big. Um, and, you know, I think there's a danger as you get older that some people's lives and world can become quite small. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like keeping that energy going, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and that's like, you know, like moving around. It's like anything, isn't it? You've got yes. to just keep that flow um, alive. Um, yeah. Because actually, otherwise, sometimes... It, what what should be a goal becomes a dream um you know and you want it to stay mm. a goal don't you yeah absolutely because i would imagine there's nothing worse than i don't know looking back and going oh if only i'd done that if only i'd done that um and well, i can say I, that about you that's for sure <laughs> well i can get myself into sticky situations by going no it's fine i'll do it let's let's just do it <laughs> So in terms of, because you, you do work for yourself, you work hard, you know, you put a lot of time into it. What do you do to look after yourself? Ah, good question. What do I do? Um, I will take lots of walks. So if I need downtime, we've got two dogs. Um, and I, again, I grew up, my parents are very into nature. So I grew up bird spotting flower spotting i'm a real bird geek so <laughs> i can go out into the country and bird watch um, and i love it 
So like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, my husband's sales. So I, I get involved in that, which is actually pretty good. I understand why he loves it because it's another one of those things where you can't think about anything else. There's yeah. quite a lot to do and you're outside. So that helps me sometimes just switch off. I can't, I don't have time to think about anything else. Um, and I guess I love walking around galleries. I know it's linked back to my art, but I think because I'm a visual person as well, I love kind of surrounding myself with beautiful things. And for me, that's in galleries or museums. So yeah, I love, I love doing that. Um, and I'm quite happy on my own as well. I, I you know, I, as much as I am a really social person, um, and I love my team at work and my family. I've got lots of friends. I also am quite happy taking myself off at times. And I know, and it took me a long time to get here, but I benefit from that. Um, I think I'm quite an empath. So I take on other people's energy and other people's problems and woes and anxieties. And sometimes I just need to step away and just be quiet and process it or let it go um and then i can i can come back st stronger i think from that so yeah, yeah that's such a good way of um saying it actually i'm very similar to you like that i think i've grown into that actually um okay. i think i as you know years ago i used to be like uber social but i think that was me trying to get ahead get to know people in the area for you know very different different reasons and with the life change that i had actually i think i can totally relate to you in the fact that i think you have to hold some things back um to, to risk, keep your energy levels in the right place because yes. you can't take on everything from everybody else absolutely and i am guilty i know i'm guilty of that and i suffer from migraines so i I'm, you know, I am quite on and off. And sometimes my migraine, I think, oh my God, it's my way, my body's way of going, okay, enough. You have to rest now. You have to just shut the bedroom door, turn the lights off and just be. Um, and I always feel like, oh, I don't have time for this. Do you but still suffer quite badly with your mm, migraines? On and off. Do you um, take magnesium? I do. Um, I I'm probably don't take it regularly enough i do yeah, you need it. to try and take it if you suffer from them because it does work really well i've seen the results okay of people who suffered really bad migraines and they doubled up i mean go and talk to a ah, okay or something but they doubled up on my on magnesium and they very rarely suffer from them now oh oh well i'm gonna do that i do have them and i will take them again i'm like oh i've got a migraine I need to up my magnesium level but i probably don't do them long enough and jenny on our panel our homeopath just maybe check with her which type of magnesium is suited to you okay as well. thank you um, i will because it's a constant life battle yeah I, I yeah i remember you telling me about it years ago so in terms of like who has really influenced you in your life you know who would you say let's say somebody who's family but also maybe somebody in art who is you know who who are your influence um right in family i would probably say my dad um i'm not really easily influenced <laughs> um but we have really great chats so he always He's, he's often given me some things to think about. One of the, one of the things he always said to me, and I, I think this was in my 20s, was um, one of your greatest strengths in life would be to be able to adapt to change quickly. I, at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, that's great, and I'll try and do it. I don't think I really understood how powerful that message was. And as I got older and... Obviously, life throws us curveballs and things we're not expecting. I've, I've always gone back to that and thought, oh, my God, that's so true. If you can adapt to change and adapt to it pretty quick, you're always ahead of that curve. And it doesn't floor you. It doesn't wipe you out. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've probably pushed myself out of my comfort zone um, in order to not test it, but kind of help, help that process. So now change actually doesn't phase me that much. 
because I've done it and I've been there and I've thought, oh my God, I can survive this. I can do this. Yeah. And I just remind myself about it. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's quite a, he'll be pleased if you listen to this. Like, mentioned <laughs> <him>. <laughs> he's like yes, everybody. And my mom, my mom will say, well, what about me? What did I do? <laughs> so you better say something for your mom then. Quickly. Yeah, I, I'll say they're both amazing and they both influence me. <laughs> And what about anybody in the art world? Who do you love? Is there anybody upcoming? Or is there somebody who's influenced the way that you um, do your work, you know, particular style? What yes. I would say when I was, um, in fact, I think he died this year or last year, Milton Glaser, if I've got his book, because this is like, I have these books around. Um, and he, yeah, graphic design, because when I was, um, younger graphic design was like oh does anyone want to do graphics and for me i would always draw in quite a uh, strong a bit like this but also had a um an interest in communication so solving a problem and graphic designers like this guy would do amazing posters would um you know solve a problem for a customer I guess um, so for me in that respect graphic graphically yeah Milton Glaser was was a bit of a hero of mine um, and then art wise gosh there's so many um, I love Sonia Delaunier I love um, Picasso I've got yeah I Hockney yeah there's so there's so many um, that I kind of go, oh my god, they're they're amazing, and have inspired some of my work as well. Um, yeah. So, no, that's really good. I think also, so if somebody is listening to this podcast now and they are maybe a bit like me, you know, want to get on, you know, not necessarily have it a career, but maybe have it as some kind of um, focus, and you know, they're like, well, maybe you know, I actually did like doing that at school, but I never really pursued it again perhaps turned a goal into a dream how can they use you you know what tools can you give them to kind of come make it a reality what to start painting and drawing yeah, to start really having the confidence because like most things people if they haven't done it you know over the time they just mm. start losing their confidence again and again and again um and actually people just just this is the time at the moment we're all stuck inside still mm. Um, yeah. you know, don't just watch the TV there's so many better things to do and art is one of the best things to do how would you encourage them to get out and do it okay I would say to get a sketchbook a sketchbook or a journal um, and one to try and sketch in it every day but to, to start the creative process would be to look in your favourite magazine or when you're out I don't know, not that we're going out often, but if you saw postcards or anything that you like that inspires you, stick it in your sketchbook and you can use those as starting points. So for instance, it could be anything, it could be a flower, it could be a print. And once you start building up your sketchbook, you'll feel like it's more of a creative diary. So even if it's photographs that you print off, um, it doesn't have to be just starting on it because sometimes a blank sheet of paper really scares people they're like where, where do I start what do I do but I think if you start sticking it's it seems easier and if you're if you already know what you like then that's a really a really great starting point so grab yourself a sketchbook pair of scissors um pencils and just yeah just start and also it doesn't have to be perfect I mean that's what I kind of try and teach the children and and parents like when we've done um painting for for adults yeah. start and the more you do the more i think the more inspired you'll become and 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 the better and get your thoughts out as well that's another thing um you know write in it as well you don't just have to draw and you'll be surprised how those little triggers make you want to take the, the next step and then you're like oh maybe i could paint that maybe i could paint that little um, squiggle or little doodle I've done in the corner um, and then take it on to the next stage um, obviously if you're feeling super confident buy a massive canvas and chuck a load of paint at it <laughs> that's what I do and then and that's such a release um, 
to do that. And kind of get messy with it, hey? Just like, uh, just let it all come out, basically. Absolutely. Because a big release for people. Yes. Um, and don't care what other people think about it. Absolutely. Don't care what other people think about it. It's not about other people. It's about you as well. It's your, it's your personal re release and enjoyment, time to relax your, I guess, me time. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I would love, if, if, if anyone does this though, I would love to hear, like people would be like, oh, actually I felt okay. You know, there'll probably be a few of like, oh, a bit uncomfortable to start with. And then, wow, actually, that, that felt quite good. Yeah, there'll be me rushing back out to get my <laughs> book to put it in, which will be like, really? We need to buy another book. <laughs> um, no, I, I, look, I know how amazing you are. I've known you for a very, very long time. I've had the privilege to watch you grow in all in your business. And I, I've seen it develop and it just keeps getting stronger and better and, I think what you're doing with your business is such a brilliant purpose because I think it's amazing when children can express themselves in art and not just express themselves in art, but learn about it in different ways. Like you were saying this morning, you did kids doing graffiti, you know, like, but also doing watercolors. I mean, there's just so much to do. So I know how brilliant you are at that. And I think also in terms of the business side, it's not just the art side, but you have got a fantastic business side where you have completely brought that through. And again, you know, your ideas, you've got your subscription box, you're doing your mentoring, you know, you, you will franchise Dib Dab. I know it's happening, you know, I'm just <laughs> waiting for that to come through. Um, but you will probably think of another three things in between that. So what, what I think is that if anybody is listening, you know, even if you have got children or grown children who are looking to do something in that way, yeah. you know, Joe, you are, you know, very inspirational in that as well. And I think, um, anybody can reach out and have a chat with you because you're very approachable. Um, where can people find you if they want to come and chat to you? Okay. Best place to find me is joemitchellmentoring.com. So that's the website and there's a little pop-up hello you can check to me box um if it was just the art um side for kids and art classes that's dibdabartclub.com brilliant and you're also on social media you do i am <laughs> yes i have numerous instagram accounts so <laughs> again um i am on instagram for dibdab art club joe mitchell mentoring I've got a personal account, which I'm sure you can message me on, which is Joe Mitchell. There's a design account, Joe, Joe Long Design. So there's lots of ways to get to me. And all like of those aliases. Yes, absolutely. All those, um, yeah, all those titles on Instagram are also on Facebook and also on Twitter. Yeah. So, yes, I'm sure if you put in Joe Mitchell or Joe Mitchell Long, I will pop up <laughs> yeah. um, on any of those social platforms. Yeah. And I really highly recommend that if you are looking to start a business, um, it doesn't even have to be in art, it can be any creative way. And actually, even if you just want any type of business advice, Joe is a really good person to talk to because she's, she's been there. She's done it. She's, she's tried, she's failed, she's succeeded. She's done all of those things. So all the lessons that kind of Joe's learned are, you know, this is where, this is the sort of person that you want because this is an entrepreneur that has just kept going, has, you know, you've done so many bits and pieces and if it hasn't worked, you tried another way. Oh. So, you know, I'm, Obviously, you know, I'm not biased at all, but you know, I've known you for such a long time. I've watched yeah. your journey and I 110% from the heart can say that, you know, everything you do, you've done it with such gusto. You work really hard. You are a grafter. Yeah. But beautifully done with art and her art is amazing. You know, I am a big, huge fan of art, as you can tell, but I just, I love the business side and actually I love how you brought the both together. And I think it's, it's so inspirational to kind of show people as well that you are, you know, you've created opportunities for yourself, but you are going to create opportunities for other people. And I think that's why people should come to you. That's why people should talk to you. 
you are an idea think tank, a bit like myself. Yeah. So if you are mentoring someone, you will probably, you know, just be that sort of, Joe will be that kind of person to give you that light bulb moment. It'll be like, ping, you know, you'll get that ping with Joe. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I get as excited helping other people launch their business or switch from freelance over to, you know, a limited company. I love it. I will get as excited about their growth and their success as I do about my own. Yeah. It's just I, that. I'm honest about it as well. You're honest about the pitfalls, you know, what. Absolutely. But the whole point is that, you know, you're going to be there to support people. And that's why it's yes. good to have a mentor. It is good. I mean, I, when I first started having a business, I didn't have a mentor to be in with, but as soon as I got one, that was, as soon as I got some money and the first person I spent money on was a business mentor. And actually it was just like, Oh God, I just needed another pair of eyes, another pair of eyes just to see where I could take this without overwhelming myself. Absolutely. And that, that was the same for me. It took me a while to think, Oh my gosh, that, that mentor's really quite expensive. How can I afford it? Um, and then you have to have that shift that you realize if you have that, you pay that money, you make it back tenfold. Yeah. It's just that mental. And it is quite hard when you're new and you're looking at budgets and you're like, oh my God, can I afford it? Um, can I do this on my own? And obviously you can grow to a certain level. But like we were saying earlier, if you want to keep expanding and you want to keep growing, you need other people. Yeah. You know, you need to be inspired. You need to have that. And I think it's an investment in yourself as well. Yeah. That's, you know, if you're well, growing. The end goal is creating freedom in something that you love. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Because nobody wants to work 24 seven forever. Um, no. You know, and you do need to find a way to do that. But so I hope that, um, you know, today's um, uh, whoever's listening, will be inspired by this and you know and it's not just art it's any you can translate it to anything that you want to do but be inspired Absolutely. you know just try it doesn't matter if we fail we've got to try to fail haven't you yes and then try again yeah <laughs> keep going until you keep go because eventually it'll work Exactly. Joe. I've absolutely loved having you on today as a guest. It's been so easy to talk to you, but also I just really love that I get really passionate when I talk to you about it all as well. Um, and I just think, you know, people do go and see Joe, see what she's about. Um, just have a chat with her. There's no like, you know, just, just have the chat. And, um, and, and if, if this is what you want to do, then you will find out. But Joe, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. I've loved it. So um, lovely to chat. Like you, we always do that. We bounce off each other's energy. Yeah, no, but I get really excited when I'm with people like that. I'm just like, Lover. yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm more excited because it's you. <laughs> um, right. But take care, Joe, and we'll speak. Thank you. Soon. Lots of love. Bye.